Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning is Luke 2, 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple and when the parents brought Jesus or brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, you are now dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your soul also. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their town of, Naz of Nazareth. There the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of the Lord of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. I hope everybody had, of course, a wonderful Christmas, and I hope that you are all excited for New Year's Eve today, no matter how you're exciting it how you're celebrating it, whether that be going to a party this evening and staying up really late to welcome the new year, or if you plan to go to bed at a reasonable time and greet the new year when you wake up tomorrow morning, any way that you choose to celebrate, I hope that you are excited for. 
We often talk about how Advent and honestly the whole holiday time is somewhat supposed to be a restful time, but we also kind of know that that's not true. Speaking from the people here at the church, we have more worship services than normal during that time, so there's a lot more of work there, but also for everybody having family and friends in town, while lovely, even for me having my parents in town, was very enjoyable, but I didn't have that same amount of time to hole up by myself and recharge that I normally get. Some of you may have also been traveling far distances to go and see family and may have been hosting Christmas parties of your own or going to Christmas parties. I'm sure that here at the very tail end of the holidays, while we all love the holidays, we all might be feeling just a little bit tired and ready to get some rest. I think Mary and Joseph were definitely in the category of ready to get some rest. That first trip from Nazareth down to Bethlehem is a 90-mile journey that Mary had to make while expecting a child, expecting a child such that as soon as she arrived, of course, she gave birth. I assume that they went back home after that. I don't think they would have stayed in the stable longer than necessary. Depending on the gospel, you get some different stories. But if they went back home, that would be now a 90-mile journey back to Nazareth with a newborn child. If there's anything I've heard about newborn children, it's that they let you get a lot of sleep and rest and are really easy to take care of. No stress at all. So I'm sure they were feeling very well rested here about 30 to 40 days after the birth when they had to take the child another 64 miles to Jerusalem for this blessing or for this offering. This was a lot of travel done, but it was necessary. They had to do this consecration of Jesus as the firstborn child. It's a mirror, according to commentaries, it's a mirror, mirror of how the firstborn of things is given up to God, the first fruits, the first of your flock, and your firstborn child. And they offer these two turtle doves, and Simeon, of course, leads into this wonderful prophecy and this wonderful blessing of how Jesus is going to save all the people of Israel and also all the Gentiles. As I mentioned earlier, there's some darker notes in there, but in there he also blesses Mary and Joseph, who I'm sure felt as if they might have needed it at that point. They probably didn't look super blessed at that point. I can imagine how tired they might have looked, wondering why this man has taken their child away, because he's not a priest at the temple, it seems. He came into the temple to do this prophecy. So he kind of just took their child and spouted off prophecy, which I guess they probably appreciated afterward. But they don't come into my mind when I think of a blessed person. And I think for a lot of us here in the modern United States, they might not be what we think of when we think of a blessed person. For us, I think that blessing often looks like a person that might have everything together, who has all the resources that they need, who maybe looks very healthy or well-rested even, and maybe somebody who's very healthy, like physically healthy and able-bodied. For me, blessings accidentally come into my language a lot more when it comes to material things. Not that I think material things aren't blessings, but rather I think that it comes into my language a lot when it relates to them. When I was in seminary, I had an old Honda Civic, an 04, that had been in the shop a few too many times to make the journey from Huntsville to Austin, Texas. So I left it behind for the first year. When I came back to Huntsville the next year, my grandmother gifted me with a brand new car, the one that I'm still driving today. And in talking to my friends at seminary, 
seminarians aren't exactly known for making a lot of money while we were in school. I just would say, you know, I was very blessed by my grandmother who was able to afford this for me. But my blessing from Ghani came far before she gave me anything. I'm blessed to have Ghani in my life. I would also speak very similarly about the support that I had from my church and my presbytery, but I was blessed by them too before there was any kind of financial support. That image of an idyllic life that comes from blessing, I think, can taint how we can see all of our blessings. Mary and Joseph certainly don't look that way, and yet we've got to assume that they were blessed, right? Well, Mary and Joseph are even less like this image than we might think. The offering that they gave was two turtle doves. And every commentary, I mean, every single one that I read of about this passage over the last week, jumped at the chance to tell me that this is actually not the normal offering that you would give for your firstborn child. This is the offering that somebody who can't afford to give the normal offering would give. It's sometimes called a poor offering. It's the offering you make when you can't afford that much larger offering. I want to say it's a lamb, but I'm not positive, that you are supposed to give. Mary and Joseph are not a financially stable family. They come offering what they can in order to consecrate their child. But we know that they were blessed. The angels certainly said so. And also, I can't imagine a way of having God's favor more than God choosing to be a part of your family. God didn't just roll a dice up in heaven and say, them, that's the one. I want to be with them. No, God chose Mary and Joseph to be God's earthly parents, which is something incredible to think about. God chose to be a part of a financially struggling family because God thought that was important to experience. God thought it was important to be with them. God favored them enough to say, you are my parents. I think if we move our idea of blessing out of this ideas of prosperity and success, we can see blessings in more parts of our lives, even when we run into times of struggle and times of hardship. I think of our ability to reach out to God when we are in times of fear or anxiety, reach out to God's love and hopefully to feel a little bit of God's comfort wrap around us as we feel God's spirit rest upon us. That is a blessing to be able to know we have a God that loves us enough to reach out to us and to listen to us as we have our struggles. This is a God that has been around forever, lives outside of time, and yet is willing to listen to our momentary issues. This is a God that is just as happy to hear us praying about the great problems of the world to, I really don't know where my car keys are, and it's been 20 minutes, and I just need help finding them, please. I also think about the things that we might miss because we're used to it. I was sitting in my office on, I think it was Wednesday, and I looked outside and I saw the snow falling down. That's a new experience for me. I'm not from up here, I'm from the south. And it was, was it Thursday that snowed? Thursday. Oh, okay. My bad. I got my days mixed up. But Thursday, it was snowing, and I couldn't just help but be struck by the beauty of God's world that we live in. It wasn't sticking very well, and the slush was definitely not enjoyable. It was kind of gross and wet outside. But the snow falling was gorgeous. 
we're truly blessed to live in this place, a place where we get to see things like that. The prophets in our passage, I would consider blessed too, despite having lived lives that are full of struggle. Simeon has lived a very long time. He's probably lost numerous loved ones as the Holy Spirit kept him alive until he got to see Jesus come into the temple. He sounds kind of excited to be released from life, honestly, if you hear this prophecy. So I think that he's happy to be able to know that he's going to see his loved ones again soon, but I think he also feels very blessed to have gotten to see this baby. Anna, too, I think feels blessed by this moment, despite living a hard life. She only got to be married to her husband for seven years. No? Yeah, seven years. And then lived 84 total years up until this point, and yet is able to see this wonderful blessing of Jesus this wonderful blessing that comes before them. In this new year, I don't do New Year's resolutions too often. Y'all may not either, but I do think that as we enter into this new year, I hope that we all can join together in trying to recognize the blessings that don't look like our help, that don't look like material objects, that maybe don't even look like rest, that we're able to recognize all the kinds of blessings that God gives us each and every day, the things that help us to know that God is there, God favors us, and God loves us. It's guaranteed that that's true. God died for us and God became human for us. So I hope that we all can take those moments to try and recognize this fact. Blessings come to us in many forms. They come in the shape of a baby born to a poor family. They come in the words of an old man prophesying wonderful and painful things. And they come in the form of snowflakes falling to earth, reminding us of the beauty of the world that God has given us to live in. And all these things, God is sending us hope and sending love to all of us. And I hope that we can all recognize them a little bit easier in the new year. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.